y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 404, I am welcoming back to the show Sally Clarkson for week three of our Right Where You Belong series. The place where I kind of learned this was that whether it's coffee, hot chocolate, Coke, tea time, the point is you have an instrument in which you can say, come over and let's let's talk, let's have fun. How are you doing? It's a tool for inviting people into your life and also inviting them into a place where you might be able to pass life on to them. Now, if you've never heard of Sally Clarkson, I am thrilled to be the one to introduce you. She has been on the show many, many times. And today I wanted to have her on because she has a new book coming out called Tea Time Discipleship. And I will tell you that if I look back at my mothering journey, it was Sally who inspired me to make disciples right where I am, which was in my home, and to invite other women into my home. And so she modeled that beautifully. I wanted to have her on and help you recognize what gifts do you have? What space have you been given? What experiences that all fit together to help you identify the space God has given you to make disciples? Let's get right to it. Here we go. Sally Clarkson, the OG Uh, you've been on the show so many times, but I'm always thrilled to get to chat with you about anything. Oh, I am too. I just felt so honored when your name came right across there and I thought, (laughs) Heather, I'm thrilled to be with you today. We have a long history, don't we? We really, really do. I mean, from when I was pregnant with my fourth, who's now 11, um, and I saw you and I just weeped at the side of you and just your influence and encouraging my mentor to be a discipler. And then I walk into the ballroom and I find out that we're sitting at the same table. And that was awkward of like, well, just poured my whole heart out and here we are again. It's fine. Uh, And you've always been just so generous and kind and just like, Hey, come to my house. Hey, do this. Hey. And so I was thrilled because your story to me models what I'm talking about in my book and your new book coming out, Tea Time Discipleship, is such a great guide mm-hmm. for women, wherever they are, to go and make disciples. Like it doesn't doesn't mean hop on a plane, go to Thailand, like make them where God has assigned you. And so let's talk about it, right? Well, I want to say, I think it parallels great with your book and with what you're doing, because really a part of my heart is don't mom alone. This is a marathon. It is a a battle. (laughs) Um, All moms feel insecure and I didn't do the right things. And oh my goodness, am I going to make it? And this is a long road. And (laughs) (laughs) and, and, and yet I think that you've had such a legacy, just the title of your um, everything that you do. And that's my heart too, Mm -hmm. is there are ways to develop pathways to friends, to mentors, to, uh, to, so that you aren't alone so that uh, when your other friend says, oh, I failed, you go, oh, you too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and know? making those kind of friends that aren't coming in with advice, but are coming alongside and saying, hey, I can contain that. I can make space for your hard right now. Yeah. And it, and also, once you become friends, you can 
advise, pray, forgive. I mean, it's just that we all are designed for companionship and we were not mm-hmm. made to do this battle alone, <laughs> this no. battle for the hearts, minds, and souls of our precious ones. So no. I love what you're doing. I love the idea of your new book too. Well, in my book, I talk about your God-given space and I kind of lay out these boundary lines and I'd love to talk through the boundary lines for you specifically and just to, as an inspiration for moms. And so they can start thinking about this for themselves. I'm kind of having different guests on sharing their various spaces. And the first boundary line that I talk through is time. And that can be so unique. We can pray to God and say, God, how? what is this time boundary line for me? And I can imagine what it is for you. But over the years, even as I've watched you, this boundary line of time has shifted in the seasons you've been in from a homeschooling mom to a grandmother to you know, speaker, writer, traveling to, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bunker down. I'm going to hang out here for a second. So in your storyline, how has time been a factor of the spaces God has given you? Like, what have you seen over the years? Um, I think that I'm a, I'm a very um, kind of driven, intentional, neurotic person. (laughs) Um, And what I have learned over the years is that every ideal, every relationship costs and mm. you only have so many coins of time and energy to spend. And so if you don't have a plan for what is at the top of your list, then you're going to be eaten up by everybody and everything around there. Of course, there will be a lot of um, interruptions. That's what life is about. But I feel like as I look back, and I'm kind of at that place right now, I told you a little bit about it before we started this today. I'm constantly having to stay at my center and see what things I have to accept and what things I have to put away that I I can't do if I'm really going to live a life that pleases God, that's centered, that's idealistic for what my values are. Yeah. No, I've seen you live that out. I, I remember you talking through the filter, which was really helpful for me because it's, yeah, as moms or especially when our kids are little and are, maybe even generationally, there's this thing of doing all the things. And I think you've always been very aware of your limited time. You only Mm -hmm. have so much time. But what I've also noticed is you're very present. So when you're with the person, you're with the person. Talk to me about that for you. Like, how do you, is that just how you're wired? Has that always been a value for you? No, I'm glad you asked that question. And it really goes along with your first question. I think that I really have understood that relationships are the most important foundation for any kind of influence and love. And so relationships take focused time looking in the eyes of the people that you're with, seeing their context, trying to understand them, trying not to judge them, uh, trying to encourage them. And so kind of at the top of my list for what I do uh, when I plan my time is make time for my priority people and then make time for the people I have made appointments or commitments with so that I can actually have a personal relationship with them instead of just considering it uh, a, a passing thing. Yeah. I think that people are so busy that mm. they think there are a lot of people that they love, but mm. to invest love, it takes time, listening, asking yeah. questions, serving. And um, that's kind of in my new book, Tea Time Discipleship. What I really wanted women to know, and I get letters, I'm sure you do too, from women all over the world who are lonely, isolated, 
feel like a failure. Uh, we all feel like failures because we're all a little bit wrapped up in ourselves and we're not perfect. But the the key to really building a community of, you know, that's, that gives you stability and security and long-term resilience really comes from focusing time on relationships. So yeah. it automatically means I can't answer every email. I can't do what everybody wants me to do. I can't commit to all of the things, but um, I really have seen that it pays off to kind of write down what are your commitments to Mm -hmm. personal relationships? What are ways to build up those people and how are you going to fit them into your schedule no matter what? Yeah. I think you were the one who told me you will disappoint people. Yeah. (laughs) Just make sure it's the right people. Even if you're trying not to. (laughs) Yeah. Even if you're trying not to. And that comes to me a lot is like, you know what? I really want everyone to be happy with me all the time. Me too. (laughs) And it's impossible. And so to, I I hear you saying like prioritizing, being intentional, putting it in your calendar. Then when you're with them, really being present with them and, and eyeball to eyeball. And, and I think all of that is just, I see you living that out. I see that in this concept of having people in your home and then thinking of your place. Like, I know that you have moved a lot. I know that even recently God's led y'all to, you know, go where your daughter's living in England. How have you kind of embraced the physical places that God has pointed you? Like, has that been challenging in some seasons? I know you lived in Texas, maybe near a mother-in-law. Am I remembering that right? And it was a challenge. Like, There are women here who can relate to all the different moving around that you've done and following God's lead. So talk to us about that. Okay. I have moved uh, 23 times. Oh my gosh. I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. Nine times internationally. (gasps) And um, (laughs) and right now I live in Oxford half time in a very small flat, a very small apartment, Um, small compared to what my home is. And then I live half the time here in in Colorado. And that's a long story. I I was offered a visa that we couldn't refuse. But I think that one of the things that I have written about is that there, I try to practice rhythms that build life and give life. And so I kind of carry my home values wherever I go, Hmm. wherever I go, there is a pot of tea always available for someone to come over and talk with me. Um, Wherever I go, I have quiet time every morning. We have rhythms of eating. I uh, I actually have three children living in Oxford right now and three grandchildren. Okay. And um, so I know that I have a very busy life. So every Monday morning, I, without fail, I meet with my daughter, Sarah, and her three children. We meet in a coffee shop and then we um, run around. It's been too cold to go too much running around. And then they come to my house and we bring in all the Legos and all the puzzles and all this stuff. So no matter what, I know that I'm going to see them, invest in them at least once a week. We have one other time that I do it. You know, I I take each of my children who are living there out to breakfast once a week because I really value their relationship and they're building into my life now. But also, I know that there will be times when they will need me and I want them to have been able to look back and say, well, we're pretty close right now. I think I'll call mom. Yeah. But I put it in my calendar And so at least they know that they are a priority to me. So I think that you have to have a tight calendar. You have to first write down who are your priorities? What do you hope to accomplish this year? And realistically, what can you fit in your calendar Yeah, um, that you will 
make as a rhythm so you already know ahead of time that you're going to be doing that. Yeah. And you take, like, I love what you said, and you take that wherever you go. It's not yeah. the physical well, place. I need to the time. But I think that that fits into this. It's like wherever your physical place is, you've taken those values, that value of relationship, that value of family. Like you said, the value of tea time, wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And time I with God. It, didn't I? <laughs> no, but I mean, that is exactly what I hear you saying. And I think oftentimes we don't know what matters to us. We let the environment dictate it to us, whatever. How, how is Rome living? You know, like the culture. Okay. Yeah. They're valuing soccer on Saturdays. So I need to sign up for soccer on Saturdays. Well, is it a value for your family or not? You know what? I, I have a funny story. I am, um, when I moved to Texas, I decided to join basketball. For each of my kids, there was a basketball. I thought you were, I was picturing Sally playing for a second. <laughs> I, know, I know, I'm a little bit tired. Uh, no, I, I, I signed each of them up for basketball, which meant that each of them had two times a week where they had a game. And so that was six nights a week where we were gone to play basketball. And my kids are, you know, kind of distracted and waving at me and, and the, the parents are all going, kill him, get him. And um, then they got chicken pox, all three kids, and then they got encephalitis, and then they got pneumonia, all in one six-month period of time. And I thought, why am I trying to do basketball? It does not fit yeah. the, the Clarkson commitments right now. And I think you're right. Don't don't try to be someone else. What can you sustain? What can your children sustain? And still give you time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. I mean, I... I picture your family more the the creating, the sitting around, the talking, the <laughs> musical, the literature. Those are your values, and that's the beauty that you bring into your home. So yeah, the basketball doesn't seem to fit. That's not the place. Well, the basketball court is not tall, your place. Six five, six five, six four. Sarah's almost six feet tall, and they do play basketball, but they don't play in a team. <laughs> <laughs> well enough to do a pickup game. We all know that saving money right now is a top priority, and I am super thrilled that I can use Thrive Market to help me get some things that are meeting a couple goals while saving money. So I am trying to use food as medicine, okay, y'all? And one thing I came across recently is seed cycling, eating seeds alongside of my menstrual cycle. Sorry, guy listeners. Anyway, With Thrive Market, I go on to their website, I search for these specific seeds, and I'm able to put the order in and save a lot of money, especially with their brand of products, but they also have so many other brands. I was able to restock the little Mighty Patches that I get from my boys for their little blemishes that pop up. I could also see, it'll tell me what I've ordered in the past and say, do you want more? It makes it really, really easy to restock the things that I love from Thrive Market And like I said, I'm getting massive savings on my order, sometimes up to 40% off of the regular price in the store. And they have a deals page that changes every day. And they give me cash back. On my last order, I saw that I had like $10 cash back on so many brands. And they do price match guarantee. But it saves me money. Because of those filters, they have over 70 on their website or their app. So if you're looking for certified gluten-free snacks or 
non-toxic cleaning essentials. You can kind of curate your own experience. And Thrive Market fits with our mission of not momming alone because when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. So when you join, they give. If you want to join Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift, go to thrivemarket.com slash DMA for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash DMA, thrivemarket.com slash DMA. With the Tea Time Discipleship, I know that it fits with how God made Sally. Mm -hmm. Like not all of us are wired exactly the same. Like we were just talking about, like basketball wasn't a fit. Talk to us about how God made you and how Mm -hmm. you've leaned into owning that, whatever season you are in, whether it's you're in Texas or whether you're in Oxford, you said you bring your teapot, but I think it's beyond just a teapot. This is like, you've said relationships matter to you. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, like when you were a little girl, what did you love doing? Who was Sally prior yeah. to all this, these kids and all this stuff? I'm kind of a one percenter out of the box adventurer. Don't pin me in, don't hem me in. <laughs> and I love stimulation. I love travel. I love people. I love books, movies. Um, I love interesting conversations. I've also been in missions. I'm almost 70 this summer and I've been in missions since I was 21. And um, so the the place where I kind of learned this was that whether it's coffee, hot chocolate, Coke, tea time, the point is you have an instrument in which you can say, come over and let's, let's talk, let's have fun. How are you doing? It's a tool for inviting people into your life and also inviting them into a place where you might be able to pass life on to them, encourage mm-hmm. them, love them, give them an ear to listen to. And so from the time I I was early in my missionary years, I was living in Vienna and then eventually in Poland. So the way that we would actually make friendships was it was common for people way before Starbucks (laughs) to meet in a coffee shop or to come to your home for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. So a tea time discipleship for me is really, it's not about a personality. Everybody can do it. It's simple. Uh, just one cup. Jesus said, <laughs> you know, have, have you given a cup of cold water to, to anyone? You've given it to them in my name. Mm. And so I always wanted to just have this movement called just one cup. All you have to do is heat up some water and push everything aside, all the messes and say, you know what, let's just spend some time together. And it it has rewarded me my whole life. That's where my friends came from, inviting them in to whatever life I was living. And that's what I love about your book, don't waste your time trying to be someone else. Yeah. Um, don't waste your time trying to fit in. Um, I was realizing when I was in Oxford recently, I thought, oh my goodness, I've always been a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean really, but all I mean Maybe is- Maybe outside the box, outside the box. Outside the box, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was kind of teasing, but when you're talking to your adult children, you can use humorous words. <laughs> um, but um, I was thinking- I've always been a visionary since I was a little girl. I'm a dreamer. I see possibilities. Um, I couldn't sit still in classes when I was in school. I got in trouble for talking too much. And now I get paid to talk. So there you go. (laughs) That's the encouragement for the mom who just got the call for her child who's talking too much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And I somehow I lived through it. (laughs) Yeah. 
you not only live through it, but that's the thing. It's like, it may not have a place when they're little and it may not be rewarded in a classroom, but it wasn't put on there in there for a mistake. Like God had purpose right. in how he wired you. But I do love how you said, yes, this is how you're wired. And yes, it's been very clear over the years from your experience as a missionary or discipler overseas to a discipler around your kitchen table, whether it's in Colorado or Oxford, this isn't just something you can do. Like, I think that's empowering to think, even if you've never personally experienced this kind of hospitality, Mm -hmm. give it a shot. Like, give it a shot to embrace the space where you are. And if you are a mom of three little kids, right, embracing that space is taking a risk and inviting a neighbor over for one cup of hot tea. Right. Or, or go to the park and let your children play and meet your friend so that the children can be occupied. And it takes a while to find a match sometimes, you know, we're all a little bit weird, not weird. (laughs) I keep using these funny extreme words, but I've been talking to one of my children lately about this, but um, we all have our quirks and we all will find, we all have our preferences. Yes. Yes. And it's okay if it takes, it's not a rejection if maybe it's not a match. I would say decide to like who you are Mm. because you're not going to be anybody else ever and don't require perfection. Just get better. From other people. uh, Or yourself. yourself. Yeah. Just grow over time. And uh, that's why I like that chapter. Like, you know, you are unique. You have individual DNA, individual fingerprints, you have dimension, you have drives, you have skill sets, you have weaknesses. Just make a story out of that. Don't don't try to be someone else. It'll be a waste of time. Yeah. So in this concept of, okay, this is where I am. I have decided to prioritize relationship. I've decided to prioritize discipleship. What tips do you have for people? I know you just said, like, don't expect perfection from yourself and just do it. But like, I know the book is longer than that. So what other, (laughs) what other things would you encourage someone who's like, maybe this is an idea they've heard of for the first time? Yeah, I would say that because I've moved so much, I've had to start every group I've ever been in almost. That's huge. That's a huge statement. You can't wait for everybody to invite you. No. And, um, and also don't get your feelings hurt if you aren't always invited and people are imperfect and but um, I think that as I look back, I have this friend here in Colorado Springs, and uh, she's older than I am. And she was also the thing that brought us together was both of us lived in Austria for a while. And we heard that about each other when we were living in Colorado Springs. But for some reason, she had a heart for me. Mm-hmm. And um, every time I would go, she just in, would invite me over a lot. And every time I over many years, I would go to her house, maybe I'd be depressed or you know, I would have a a teenager that I didn't understand or difficulty in marriage or whatever, you know, all the things that you go through over a lifetime. And when I walked in her door, she would have um, lit a candle. Um, She would have something wonderful to eat. She would have a mug out for coffee or tea. And she would say, I am so glad you were here. This will be a fun time. But I never left her house, never, not once over many years when I didn't feel like, oh, I think I can make it oh, you know, I'll be okay. Oh, she loves me. So well, the reason I wanted to write the book is I wanted to show women how, how to make friends, how to um, leave a legacy 
of love and encouragement and even how to leave my children. Literally, I know people think I'm extreme are my best friends. I call them when I love to hear what they're reading, knowing, doing. Um, They're the most interesting conversationalists to me. And it didn't happen overnight. It happened because I made this habit. I call it tea time discipleship. I made this habit of every afternoon at three. We all stopped and ate something sugary and wonderful that you don't eat the rest of the time and had something to drink or or talked around. You know, we just kind of made it a 15 minute rhythm. But I garnered my relationship with them by they knew the anchors. When my boys were 15, 16, 17, I took each of them separately out because they had secrets to tell. You know, I took each of them out for breakfast once every week or two every month because I bribed them. You know, I would I would say, let's go, you know, out to eat breakfast. And one of them was kind of a low fat, let's build the muscles sort of person. So it was really a boring breakfast. And the other one was a bacon sausage, fried egg. Let's eat all the fats we can possibly get into an hour. But by taking them out and saying, I just love you so much. What what are you up to? What are your friends up to? You build these deep relationships by investing time. I keep saying that again and again. No. But um, you, everybody needs to understand that you have love to give. You can give it in your own way. Mm-hmm. But if you make it a priority, then over years, you will develop the kind of deep friendships that you hope for. And yeah. I would say, look at somebody in your mentoring life. Is there anyone in your church, neighborhood, anywhere that seems mature or mm. that is a little bit older than you or at a different season that you might say, could I take you out for a cup of coffee? Yeah. And say, I would just love to pick your brain. I love who you are. Mm. Find people you can model yourself after. Find mm. people whose lives you would like to emulate. And that yeah. might be hard to do. Yeah. But it's important that you put yourself in the presence of people who call you to your best self. Y'all are intentional parents. You care about your kids. You are taking time to be encouraged and filled up so that you can be the parent you want to be. And I know that you want your kids to thrive and grow now and in the future. And one way you can do that is with term life insurance from Fabric by Gerber Life. They're going to help protect your family so their future is secure no matter what happens. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric's new lower prices could mean potentially significant savings over other providers with great quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Life insurance can be get a bad rap for being complicated, but Fabric makes it easy to apply with its seamless digital experience. It is all online and on your time. If you need extra support, Fabric's team of licensed insurance agents can answer your questions along the way. It takes less than 10 minutes to apply. You'll see your quote and then personalize your quote to fit your family's need. You could be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. Fabric has a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel anytime. It was specifically designed to give parents like you affordable term life insurance plus wills, access to college savings plans, hello, and more. 
Protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life. Get your personalized quote in seconds at meetfabric.com slash DMA. That's meetfabric.com slash DMA. Meet is spelled M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash DMA. Policies insured by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Who doesn't love a free Bible study. Well, my friends at Women of Welcome have created a beautiful free Bible study. Women of Welcome is a fantastic community that's dedicated to diving into the whole of scripture to understand God's heart for immigrants and refugees. They believe that God calls us to a deep love for the vulnerable, the marginalized, and the forgotten. And together we are on this journey to understand biblical hospitality in an authentic way. The welcome of Christ was astonishing to the culture around him. He gave voice to the speechless, frustrated the powerful, and humbled the wise. And as Christians, our welcome should be like his, wonderfully surprising, deeply challenging, and firmly rooted in love. So download their free five-week study that explores the complicated and beautiful welcome of Jesus toward his most beloved creation, human beings. Let's transform how we show welcome through the Bible study, Christ-like welcome. Get your free download today by going to womenofwelcome.com forward slash DMA. That's womenofwelcome.com slash DMA for your free Bible study. So I heard the mentor, I heard the side-by-side, and I heard the children. (laughs) And I love those three layers. I know for me, and I could cry about it because I heard it from you, this tea time, I implemented it and not, it wasn't an every day at three o'clock thing, but it was a, it was a thing that we would do. And I'd say, okay, it's tea time. And they loved it. And I have four boys. Right. And I, and I loved the fact that I'm getting to do tea parties, but it is all about, we would get a plate and I would cut whatever thing I had. If it's a pop tart, cut it in like four little pieces, or if it's, a banana, somehow a sliced banana was all of a sudden magical. How many slices yeah, do I get? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I put it on a tray and they would say, how many of this do I get? How many of that? And we would divide it all up. And then I let them eat, you know, pick a Bible story and we would read it and some, we would linger and they would ask questions. And the reason I could cry about it is as we're hitting teen years and things get hard, right. I can at least in my brain go, I did the best that I could Yeah, when I could. And those memories pop into my mind. Like, remember the times you have, so that my other side of my brain, that's the beater upper, you know, the judge doesn't say, no, you screwed up. Look, you know, you screwed up. My other side's like, no, (laughs) you did these things. Not that it's a do this and you get this outcome. It's just, I can be reassured that I did the best that I could with what I had at the time. And as moms, that's the, that's what we need because our kids are going to do all kinds of random you know stuff. I'm going to tell you, Heather, they're going to remember that. Yeah. Um, I, they will remember all the ways that you did that. And I think food has influence, you know. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was around when the table all the time. Yeah. When they're little to not feed them, you know, bad things. And then when they're older, you'll do whatever you can to brush them. <laughs> but I, my boys had been away somewhere, you know, like college or I don't know. They were, they were adults by then. 
And they both came home and I said, what, what's your favorite thing? And they said, sitting around the table, eating and talking and being friends. And, um, you know, you may not think that they're remembering that, but they're going to go into a hostile world Mm -hmm. and they're going to remember. But when I go home, I am, we are friends, we are a community. And it's those little things that build, they're the tools that build a time for us to become friends. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay. So man, I know that you have so many words for women. I know you mentioned it quickly, but I would love for you to give a little advice on when we're in these relationships and they get sticky, you know, we, we Uh make it sound all lovely and we're sitting around Mm -hmm. drinking tea, but as you push through and you're into relationships and you Mm -hmm. said, don't expect yourself to be perfect. Don't expect them to be perfect. But we're hit. I mean, a lot of hard things are happening in relationships right now around the globe. What advice do you have for unity in and through those conflicts? You know, I don't know if this applies or not, but don't expect people, like for instance, don't expect non-Christians to behave like Christians. Yeah. Um, love them for their context. Find out about their life, their story. Don't judge them. Um, you know, that's one thing. Number two, there are a lot of people who have emotional and mental illness problems who already had issues before you ever got to them. Yeah. Don't assume that you are the healer of everybody's past or hurts, or don't assume that everything is your fault. Learn to be wise about relationships. There are relationships that are dangerous. Number three, probably most everybody in general that you meet, with the exception of a few people that have extreme issues. They need grace. Yeah. Um, they're they're going to um, say things that are hurtful. They're going to be immature. Be the best friend that you can be in calling people to their best selves. And then number four, <laughs> I think that I have had to learn that because I am an idealist and I do have a philosophy of life, I, I care about things, that usually when you have those kind of ideals, you're going to, the older you get there, to me, the more lonely you're going to be in that. Mm. I've seen that uh, when people get exhausted, they compromise. Yeah. When people are, you know, you, when you're right in the battle with mm-hmm. kids, um, it's just such a temptation to give up your ideals and say, well, nobody really believes those things anyway. And uh, it's a, it's really hard to hold a line when everybody else is compromising, mm. but it matters so much to hold fast to virtue and to faith and to love. So determine that wherever you go, you're going to leave a, a, you know, an essence of love. You're going to be that long suffering person. You're going to be steadfast in a dark world. Um, I don't know if any of these things are helping. <laughs> They're so but, good. Like, I mean, I, what I hear is you're saying, these are the things you can control. You cannot control the world. No. You cannot control everyone's response to you holding your ideals. But if those are your ideals, that is what you are, have control over. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can only do what you can do, but hold fast, uh, be gracious and uh, do whatever you can to keep yourself going. I feel no guilt of having four or five cups of caffeine a day. (laughs) (laughs) uh, What I mean is you take care of yourself. Yeah. Do Uh, yeah. You can last longer. Yeah. So lastly, what I wanted to talk through, since you do have adult children, is this concept of, okay, we've established what 
our spaces and where God has us to occupy. And as you know, when we have little kids, they're inside of a space, but as they grow, they get differentiated mm-hmm. and they have their own spaces. And so how have you, has it been a challenge to keep that boundary line and let them make their choices and have their lives since y'all are so close? Is that tricky? And how do you manage that? Well, for one thing, boys, bless your heart. Um, <laughs> you know, they, um, their frontal lobe, which means their logical part of their brain doesn't close till they're 25. Yeah. And so from 14 or 15 hormones hit, they want to be liked, they want to be like other kids a lot of times. And they're, I will say, don't just trust the world to be okay. Um, because there are people who are after the heart of your children. Yeah. And so I think that it's kind of, you know, if your children look, roll their eyes when they look at you, or if they're sassy, or if they say stupid things, that is to be expected. That does not mean that you're a bad person. That does not mean that you've done a bad job. And not all teenagers are the same because each of them have different personalities. But teenage years were rough for us, especially with a couple of our children. Yeah, Stick close to them. Don't be moralistic. In other words, hold fast to some morals that you think are important, you know, Talk to your children about why it is important (laughs) not to sleep with someone um, before, you know, before marriage, because it will harm them Um, and it doesn't please God. But, um, but don't add extra guilt. Mm -hmm. Say, I know what it's like to be a teenager. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand, you know, you are a great person, a great kid. I, I really feel like you're going to have a great story to tell with your life and you're going through the game right now or whatever you want to do. But the other thing is I see a lot of parents who try to control their children mm-hmm. by guilt, by rules, by yelling at them. No, you still got to win their heart. Look mm-hmm. at what's behind their heart. What are they really saying to you by the way that they're behaving? Yeah. And stay fast. Um, you know, I, I, a couple of times when our children were having some trouble, we planned long trips. <laughs> to take them out of the situation. And we did a lot of fun things. We had a car full of every child got to bring one friend. We were in a big suburban that had nine seats. And uh, we we went away. We all had fun together. The families had fun together. We did fun things. It gave us space, a break from, from that situation. And I don't know if any of these things are helping, but yeah. when yeah. I look back on my children, don't get upset about the little things. Yeah. Like one of my children's pants were always falling down. <laughs> you know, there was a time when that was all popular. And I thought, okay, this is not the biggest issue in life. They have bigger heart issues that I need to deal with. And so understand, devote time to don't give unnecessary guilt, pray like crazy and bribe them with food. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, and then what, like you have a daughter who's married, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you manage like a couple of married people? Yeah. A couple of married people. Okay. So how do you manage like being in their life, but giving them the space to be their adult selves? You know, I see that you're making time to be with them and let them know that you value the relationship, but like, I would think it would be hard. They are adults. They will make their own decisions. It is not my responsibility to make their own decision. It's my responsibility to support them Mm. and to help them. But there's a you, you need to raise your children with the idea, call it self-government, you know, 
you are going to make decisions, you're going to manage your life, you're going to you have agency to determine where you'll go, what you'll do, and you will be the person who will have to be accountable for the consequences. Yeah. But I believe that you're going to be a great person in your lifetime. They heard that from the time they were very little. But I do see a lot of parents who it is a fearful world and and children do make mistakes and their reaction to that is guilt, moralism, lecture. Mm. And you know, there's a lot of different ways you deal with a 15-year-old compared to a 25-year-old right. compared to a 35-year-old. Right. But in general, I am on your team. How can I help you? Um, I understand. And then if your children want to listen to different music or, you know, they watch a show that you wouldn't watch or whatever, those things are what you do when they're little. But when they're adults, you've got to let them grow and learn. And, you know, the thing is, I'm generalizing. And so a lot of people are listening to me and they're not agreeing because their kids are younger. Well, um, we're talking about adult kids. Yeah. No, that's it. Like knowing... I think it's different when they're in your house and they're little, they're in your hoop, they're in your space. Right. But as they're going out, like you can't dictate what they watch or what they listen to, or those are, those are not within your realm of control. And, and so to release that and to maintain relationship is this beautiful thing that I think you've done that I know that's the next stage for a lot of these moms. Like that's the next, and I even have moms who have kids in college or out of college and they're trying to sort through this, like whether it's related to faith, their kids maybe are choosing to walk away from the faith. And how do we, you know, I, I a little that. Post about it today, actually, I said that all of my kids doubted. Yeah, all of my kids went through times of doubt. So did I. Yeah. I think that if you don't doubt, you're not thinking. Mm. And so always try to keep yourself in a place where you're growing or have a friend that's helping you grow. But if they doubt, don't give them guilt, say, boy, I understand why you're doubting. There's a lot of complex issues for us to understand. Um, I believe in you. I know that these questions will lead you to great answers. And God is bigger than any of your doubts. Don't you worry. He is right yeah. there with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge to to remind them there's not a question you're going to come up with that's going to stump God. And he's going to say, oh my goodness, I hadn't thought of that one. Right. <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. All questions are welcome. David, and then David modeled that. mamas have to wait years to see right. the end results. <laughs> yeah, stay oh, with man. them. Stay, stay with them. them. <laughs> well, Sally, I am so thankful for you. I'm in all the different ways you've influenced my journey of motherhood and mentored me and mentored my mentors. And this book is gorgeous. Y'all need a copy on your coffee table. It's the beautiful pictures, but just the truth throughout it. It's lovely. Well done. When I saw the title. I was like, yes, that is Sally. That's it. Tea Time Discipleship. That is such a great summation of what I think of you and all that. You know, there's just so many beautiful things in that. You're so sweet. Well, for title. my audience, tell them the name of your book again, because I feel like it is such a, a gift to them to be able to live into themselves. And, it's called and, Right Where You Belong. Yeah, right, you, you are right where you belong. And yeah. so um, you've always been a very clear thinker, a very honest person. I think that, I think both books would be such a great partner <laughs> for people. Don't belong, right where you belong. Yeah, yes, you I hope so. I hope that this inspires moms to, um, I think significance and belonging, those are those core things that our kids want. And that's mm -hmm. what you're giving them with that time and attention and 
saying, hey, let's go to breakfast. It's like, you have belonging here in this family unit. You have significance. We need you. And I think as adults, we still need those things. I need to know that I'm here for a purpose. Like this is a significant life, even if I'm changing diapers every day, there's significance. And you have given us that by saying, I remember I was like, what is this life of little kids? And you told me you can make disciples right here. These are your disciples. And I thought, oh my gosh, all of a sudden it's significant. (laughs) So I think you are doing that for women around the globe that, and I think the culture at large doesn't even know that you have given the culture a gift by saying, hey, women, this is important and it matters because by doing it, we are bringing up that next generation to know truth and beauty and lovely things and have relationship. And so thank you, Sally, for being that a shaper of the culture. Thank you for having me. I always love being with you. This is really fun. You're amazing. I hope I get to see you in person soon. Okay. Okay. All right. Have a wonderful day. And thank you, everybody. All right. If you just really love Sally and her wisdom and her mentorship, please check out the other time she's been on the show and she has her own podcast and her book is gorgeous. Y'all, it's a coffee table style book and it's really, really pretty. Um, I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to pray over our spaces and the places that we are making disciples. Lord, I thank you that each of us are significant. Each mom listening whether she's sitting in a cubicle, whether she's in a meeting room, whether she's on the floor with diapers and bottles around her, whether she stepped away from a career, whether she's stepping back into a career, wherever she finds herself today, Lord, that she would hear your voice saying, this matters, steward this well, that she doesn't have to compare and contrast to what everyone else is doing and wondering if she measures up but that she can trust that with her gifts and her wiring and her experiences that you have given her a space to fill. I pray, Lord, that we each would look to you and ask you, Lord, what do you want me to do with the things that you have put in my care? The children you've given me, the spouse, the friends, the relationships, even my body, God, how do you want me to steward this space? for your glory. I pray, Lord, that we would lean into you more than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I hope y'all are enjoying these conversations about, you know, identifying your space. And a lot of this content is based on the book that I have written. It's coming out April 18th. Oh my goodness, that's next week. If you're listening to when this first comes out, And if you're listening the week that this comes out, you can still pre-order and get a free copy of the audiobook. I have a limited amount that I can give out, but I would love to give you one. So you order the book and you go to my website. All you have to do is go to heathermcfadden.com and there's a forward slash and then the letters of the book, R-W-Y-B, right? Where you belong. And you scroll down and there's a place for you to put in your name, your email, your order number, and you'll get an email from me. And when the audiobook comes out, I'll send you a code and you can have me reading the book to you so you can listen as you go. And then you'll have an actual hard copy too that you can fill in. There's a workbook in the middle of the book that's kind of a fun way to continually ask God um, what spaces he's given you to steward. So 
Thank you all for listening to this. Also, we've created a little quiz. Uh, you can go to my Instagram and get that quiz. I put it in my email. You can get an email from me if you just go to olaheather.com and sign up. I drop those on Tuesdays with just my favorite things and my thoughts in the week's episode. But I'm really thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that you are sharing the show with your friends and that you are being encouraged. And I hope that you feel God's great love for you today. All right. Adios. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.